0: Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where we take a lighthearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Louise Phelps, head of talent acquisition at the iconic Savoy Hotel in London. Coming up on today's show. Louise realises what she's gotten herself in for.
1: We've gone down the gutter a little bit,
0: Phil. Phil thinks that Louise may have got the wrong idea about mentoring. I'm not sure uh, killing you is part of mentorship. And Louise and Phil write the Savoy's talent marketing plan. Is that a line that you put on your your job adverts? How can you say no?
1: How can you say no?
0: All that and a whole lot more as Louise takes us through her story and journey to date. If you're enjoying the shows, we'd love for you to hit subscribe and give us a like and a share across your social networks. Let's share those stories as far as we can. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next edition of Hospitality Meets with me, your host, Phil Street. Today, we've got the fortune to be chatting to a lady who I've only got to know through this podcast, actually. But upon researching, because I do do that now, you can see quite quickly that she's got a little bit of the magic dust when it comes to talent acquisition. 2018 winner of HR and Hospitality's Rising Star Award. And we'll talk about your LinkedIn disclaimer shortly, (laughs) uh, which did amuse me. An associate member of the Institute of Leadership and Management, with over, it's probably 10 plus years now in, in talent acquisition, culminating in now taking up the not insignificant task of being head of talent acquisition at the iconic Savoy in London. Louise Phelps, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Phil. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be on.
0: You're very, very welcome. Was that uh, intro big enough for you?
1: I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Thank you. I um, I might start using that in all of my um, introduction pieces.
0: <laughs> so let's go straight to the LinkedIn disclaimer. Yes. So can, you, can you remember it?
1: I can- <laughs> yes. yes, I can. Um, Glory hunting. I love that bit. I think um, winning the HR and hospitality rising star for me was probably one of my greatest achievements. And I will no doubt use that for the rest of my life. So I'm yeah. glad you alluded to it. <laughs>
0: Yes, in 2068. You do know that I won the 2018...
1: I will be that person. <laughs> yeah.
0: But no, it's cool. Actually, the, the thing that I liked about the disclaimer was actually that line in itself just told me a little bit about your character mm. in the fact that I think for, from the outside looking in, you have probably an intense and very important and serious job. Mm. But actually, underneath all of that, you, you're you not taking yourself too seriously. And uh, you know, I think it's it's good to remain humble.
1: Absolutely, couldn't agree more.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm super excited to have you on because actually, you're you're the first person that I've had on the show that is kind of operating in a similar space to myself. So uh, I'm sure at some point through this chat, we'll talk about talent. But um, before we get into that, take us all the way back to the beginning of not your life, but um, from school, uni talk us through your journey. How did you get to here?
1: Sure, sure. Um, I suppose unlike a few of your previous guests and most hospitality professionals, I'm, I suppose, relatively new, um, a newcomer in regard to the industry itself, in regard to hospitality industry, where I've really only worked specifically in hospitality for the past few years and really found my place, so to speak. I mean, don't get me wrong, back in college days, I did the odd shift in a local pub back in Hampshire, uh, but I found I preferred to be the other side of the bar, having a bit of a chat and a drink with everybody else rather than actually serving. So
0: yeah,
1: uh, yeah it has been the past few years where I've really focused on hospitality as an int- um, as an industry. I started my career back uh, way back when, um, just before the recession hit, so back in recruitment and sales worked in a variety of different industries so manufacturing financial services management consultancy companies um organizations that have been fantastic learning curves for me fantastic brands for me Um, but also with with a lot of red tape around some of these um some of these companies too but i have been absolutely fortunate to work with some really phenomenal brands um, on-site at Bank of America, I've worked for Mars as well, which is a fantastic organisation to work for um, and to work with. within. Um, I suppose a real question really is how I stumbled across or how I got into hospitality in the past couple of years. Um, bit of a random one, I stumbled across um, a job role, a job advert on caterer.com, a platform that I'd not really heard or seen much about really liked the look of the role itself and thought you know what that's that looks like it could be challenging I'd never ever considered a role in hospitality up until that point so up until about four years ago thinking back to school careers days you know you have somebody come in and talk to you about what what you want to do when you kind of grow up or when you enter in the workplace Um, and I was told to be a, a lawyer or a teacher Um, that was my chosen career path from um, the careers advisor.
0: Do you know what mine was and this it makes me laugh now because of all of the subjects that came naturally to me uh, physics was actually one of them and careers advisor told me that I should go and pursue physics but I actually despised the subject it was just one of those things whereby I just happened to be pretty good at it uh, without having to try too hard but uh, maybe I should have explored that part of my brain but it just wasn't something that really connected with me at it's all. It's
1: strange isn't it I always I always look back and I think well I wonder where they've got that from in my personality but you know I, I do love a good argument I do love them um, to be a bit off so maybe that's what they were picking up on but, but anyway I'd, I'd seen this job role I'd fallen in love with it decided to, to go and meet the hiring manager for the position which was um, effectively the HR director for a hospitality management organisation, and completely fell in love with not only her, but the, the industry and the business as a whole. And I think yeah. that for me, and I do think a lot of people say, it's once you're inside hospitality, once you start to experience what it's like, how fun the industry is, how collaborative it is, and how much of a people-focused industry is you just find this love and you find your passion and you kind of you never really leave. So um that was my first taste in hospitality. Really enjoyed my role there, very much a talent acquisition role. I've done a lot of things that I've not done before as I'd worked for so many large corporate organizations and you know all of this red tape and being a very small fish in a very big pond to move across to hospitality you're just having a bit more fun and it's you just get to do more things and you know people in hospitality are a lot more open-minded and I just absolutely loved it and then the opportunity to work at the Savoy I mean as you said in your introduction the iconic Savoy yeah the most beautiful property in my opinion in London and of course in the talent space and the talent acquisition space for a property like that how could you say no and so you know that's where i found myself working at the savoy and yeah, I'm completely in love with it
0: is that a line that you put on your your job adverts how can you say no
1: <laughs> how can you say no <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah it's it's a good one and you know the the people the, the employees potential candidates that we get applying for positions at the savoy it's you know you ask them when when you speak to them during interviews why do you want to work here? And they will always come back with the same response. Well, it's the Savoy. Of course, I want to work here. So, yeah, yeah, I feel it's extremely privileged to, to be there.
0: That's really good to know. Actually, that even kind of after all these years, that um, that there is still this this kind of brand following, mm. if you like, because I mean, there's an awful lot of people that that I meet when when I interview people who they really don't seem to care. Mm what the brand is they just want a good job mm-hmm. with a company that kind of is uh, you're doing its best and trying to make a difference mm-hmm. so that's interesting actually that that you you say that but i you know it, it's it is the savoy so people want that on their cvs of course of
1: course
0: yeah so um in terms of the the other sectors that you worked in before you came into hospitality what mm-hmm. what was the kind of scope and coverage
1: so um financial services, worked there for a couple of years. Um, I suppose in when we talk about my role itself, it's quite a HR um generalist stroke acquisition role. Um I started my career in just talent acquisition, so just full-on recruitment and it it was nice for me to have a bit of exposure into the HR function within an organisation like that, within financial services, for me to really Understand. Well, look, I love working with people. I love working with employees and understanding that you know employees are the biggest asset to an organization. But what really floats my boat, what really motivates me, is the is finding helping find people their careers or their place within a business and really helping them shape their lives because careers. Yep. You know, we spend more time, the majority of the time, at work with you know this this work family that we have and spend more time with them than we do some of our family members and it's so so important and it really helps shape your your life and you as a person and I think some people don't see how serious it is you know a recruitment process within an organization and having a particular career within an organization as well. So yeah, financial services, Um, management consultancy that I worked for was quite um, a relatively new startup organization, so I feel privileged to have worked for a company like that where it's just so fast-paced, and don't get me wrong, I know hospitality is an industry is very fast-paced, but to work with such an, an agile, smaller consultancy really opened my eyes up to just how Many different ways of working there are within an organization, or how different people work within their, their structures or their remit. And yeah, I just feel very lucky, very very lucky with with my career so far.
0: Uh, you make your own luck.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Somebody uh, once told me that I, uh, really early on in my career, I, a lot of good things seemed to keep happening to me, <laughs> and, I, and I always put it down to luck. Yeah. And then one of one of my mentors turned around to me and said, "You've got to stop." believing that it's luck because one day if the luck runs out then you'll still apportion it to the luck yeah but you've got to you've got to take your, the belief that it's you're controlling far more than you think you are
1: yeah
0: absolutely. so so there we are that was me just blowing some smoke up your backside but there we are <laughs> I
1: thought you did enough of that in the introduction
0: I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no I'll continue to do it all the way through this don't worry at some, at some point <laughs> How do you think that kind of I suppose getting different sector experience now helps you in hospitality?
1: great question um I think you you know back to what I was saying about there being a lot of red tape in specifically corporate type environments. I think it gives you an insight to actually when you look at recruitment as a process, it should be very much people focused and not as automated as I think some organizations want it to be. At the end of the day, you're still dealing with people. You're still, you're you're dealing with an experience, whether that's a hiring manager experience, whether it's a candidate experience, you're still dealing with people. And I think working in red tape environments or corporate environments where it is so, so process driven, you must follow everything to the absolute T. It, it gives me a nice understanding of, well, actually, we don't need to do it like that. How can we bring the process and make it more human for a human-based business? You know, it's, it's how do we make that different? How do we stand out? And I think um, working in organisations that have those very set processes and then coming across to hospitalities, you do have a bit more autonomy and a bit more freedom. And ultimately, you can make things a bit more fun. I suppose really to wrap up that question is you almost see how to not do particular things, but also right. you unique you best practice from different sectors as well. And, you know, certainly in some of my interviewing techniques, I have learned particular things from, for instance, Mars or the management consultancy that I used to work for. And you just amalgamate all of these different learnings and you find your best way of working and what works for you because, yeah, you know what works for one organization whether it's a bank or manufacturing firm it's not necessarily going to work for you know your target audience or your current employees or anything like that so you really just need to kind of pick and choose your different experiences
0: yeah I actually I think it's something that historically hospitality probably hasn't done that well in Mm. which is welcoming people from other sectors absolutely absolutely And I think it's definitely, we talk, obviously, we're in a a different crisis right now as we're having Mm -hmm. this chat. But the the main focal point of uh, all crisis talks beforehand was Mm -hmm. talent shortage. Mm -hmm. So it just always kind of baffled me why, you know, and I I suppose I see this because I'm an external recruiter. Mm -hmm. And I get the benefit of of having really objective views of things rather than brand specific things, is that uh, especially in this industry, because I just think that Attitude and a desire to kind of crack on can get you quite far in this industry, and you can work around all the other little nuances and skills. Mm-hmm. I suppose where the difference comes in is when you're you're dealing in an environment like yours, which is super luxury, is that that is something that perhaps takes a little bit longer to learn.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I suppose it's finding a balance.
1: Of course, of course, but I I, I am a firm believer of. You know, when you, you think about technical skills or you think about experience, it's one of it's one of the easiest things to change. But one of the things that you can't teach is is attitude and passion, yeah. and that's what the industry is is full of is those passionate people. And that's it's another reason why I love the industry so much is because you just surround it. It feels like a family, a community of like minded people that are in the industry because they absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree. So how do you go about... Because, I mean, the luxury five-star sector is quite competitive. And I suppose the other thing that you're dealing with is that that probably more than most is a global industry as opposed to just a, you know what's on your doorstep. Uh, you're competing with luxury five-star hotels around the world for the same talent. So how do you go about making yourself a brand of choice in amongst all of that?
1: I think it's a really interesting question i think from a brand perspective as we've spoken about already the the savoy is there it's iconic it's it's not only iconic from a from a room's perspective but a restaurant's perspective you know they've got two fantastic bars on site as well um and i think the brand side of it it's there it's known it's particularly well known in in um other countries as well and it is seen as is this this, the most fantastic icon of British hospitality. I think to make yourself a brand of choice. I think it's all about the people. It's all about how you engage with potential candidates, and um, how you engage with you know, going back to what you said with other industries as well. But also how you make a particular, how you make those candidates feel during the journey of recruitment, and you know yeah. whoever they meet you. I My personal mission is to make sure that anybody that's potentially going through a recruitment process, whether that's just an application, whether that's somebody that's interviewing with us, every single person, whether they get the, the position or not, should have a fantastic experience with us. It's like, you know, we offer our guests our, a phenomenal stay every single time. That's That's what we're there to do is provide that service. Um, And it's very much the same with the recruitment side of things as well. We provide a service. We provide an experience. And to really, to make yourself different, it's it's the people. It's always going to be that human element, that interaction, that relationship build. Um, You know, even if you're unsuccessful and you unfortunately don't get the position, but, you know, I want people to talk about the process that they've gone through with the sport, you know. I might not have been lucky enough to get it this time, but I still want to apply. I still aspire to work within that organisation with those people that I've met or that I've spoken to as well. So, um, to answer your question, I think it's about the the human element of it. It's about the people that are driving that business, the people behind the the brand and the name.
0: Yeah, excuse me. And I think actually, in a really simplistic way mm. if you're doing that then you're you're creating brand ambassadors in people yeah. that are not even part of your brand absolutely and so your noise is made and and people talk and you know that's the sort of thing that develops it's exactly the same principle as uh, i remember at university studying about the the average value of a customer
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's not just about them it's about who they then go and tell and and all of that and so they <clears throat> the exponential value of a of a customer is much greater than than what you see in front of your eyes, Absolutely. but it's exactly the same principle in talent. I think mm-hmm. you know the, and it's much easier these days as well for for talent to go and leave a review of a, about a bad experience that mm-hmm. that they've had, and reputation management as part of that has got to be massive.
1: Absolutely, and those. You know, potentially negative reviews that you get they are as important as, as all of the positive ones and I think you need to take all of the experiences all of the feedback that you get um, and this is why I think it's so important to get feedback consistently throughout the process that you, you need to take all of that on board because you know you need to be the brand of choice the employer of choice and it's a very competitive market as you said and if you're not constantly asking for that feedback, you know, how was your experience? How can we be better? If you're not doing that, then you've really got no insight into, you know, the marketplace, your target candidates, your target audience. And you're just going to be stuck in a bit of a situation where you're never going to be better than you are at the moment. You know, you're doing the same things and you're getting the same results. And yeah, everything's so easily accessible nowadays online that it's just very, very easy to, to, to find anything <laughs> about anyone online
0: yeah absolutely have you ever um started or implemented anything as part part of your talent acquisition strategy where you look back on it now and go what was I thinking <laughs>
1: um in my career I I certainly have but I think it's it's one of the magical things about the hospitality industry is you you have that autonomy and you have that freedom and you're allowed you're allowed to make mistakes. I won't yeah. go in depth about what they are <laughs> at this point. <laughs> you're allowed to do it and, and you learn from it and it shapes you. And I think the best companies or the, the best type of people are those that go forward and, and you know, they they risk it and they do something that might be a little bit different. Um and you know, you, you have that opportunity to do something great, but it's it's not going to work, you know, one hundred percent of the time. So to answer your question yeah there's there's been a few things that i've done or you know that i've put into place or that i've experienced that i certainly wouldn't do moving forward but you know it, it's all learnings. it's yeah. it shapes you um and shapes your career of course
0: I've, I've spoken about this this very subject on on a couple of the chats really not centered around implementing things around talent acquisition but just generally around business mm-hmm. and the best company cultures are for, certainly, from from my perspective, are those that allow people mm-hmm. kind of the rope to go hang themselves a little bit yeah. and make the mistakes mm-hmm. and learn from it and and kind of move forward that way rather than just dictating what works and what doesn't.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because you're then not giving people the forum to bring create creative solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a lot of good work comes out of failure. Of course. Well, that's a really cracking saying. That I'm writing that down. <laughs> i've got a bit of a frog in my throat
1: <coughs> it was all that time me. to do my introduction Phil, maybe.
0: yeah i've run out of words already um nothing to do with coronavirus i should say great okay um kind of moving into story based stuff now i suppose what give me an example of something really stupid or funny that's happened to you across your career
1: Ugh. Stupid or funny, gosh, I've got enough examples of all of those. Um, oof, probably a lot of them we, we couldn't talk about. <laughs> um, one that will stick with me um, throughout my career was, I think it's funny. At the time, it wasn't very funny. Um, but my, my first day at the Savoy, um, had a fantastic first day. Um, the night before I'd started, so I started on the Monday, as you do, so the night before, um, I had a, a late lunch, kind of early dinner at a high street retailer that shall remain um, shall remain nameless at this time. Um, yeah. This is relevant to the story. Anyway, I'd had my first, my wonderful first day at the Savoy, relatively long. You know, you, you want to make a good impression. You want to stay, maybe, and just you know, is there anything I can do? Anything I can help with? Of course. Um, just about to leave the office, to leave the hotel, started feeling really, really poorly. As it transpired, um, whatever I'd eaten the, the day before uh, didn't agree with me. So I'd had a severe case of food poisoning. Nice. I don't know if you've ever had a severe case of food poisoning, but you're
0: pretty oh, yes. much,
1: <laughs> you're pretty much stuck to wherever <clears throat> you are in the world at that moment. You can't really leave yeah My back from- <laughs>
0: that's, that's a great way of summing it up
1: I <laughs> <laughs> commute back from the Savoy um only kind of half an hour 40 minutes max but you know sometimes if you're feeling a little bit unwell you, you can't risk it anyway it got to about 7 p.m still still in the hotel everyone else had kind of you know the, the office based staff had kind of left um and I'm there just feeling not very well at all um (laughs) the poor security manager I had to kind of check in with him to say listen I'm still in the office I know a lot of people are are checking out or whatever but I need to let you know ended up being there for quite a few hours until I felt well again yeah and that was that ended up kind of going home feeling a lot better the next day so I went in it's fine it's one of those things isn't it food poisoning it passes yeah Um, And I had to, of course, introduce myself to a lot of people that I'd not met or not spoken to at the hotel before to start building those relationships and get to know people. And everybody that I'd spoken to on the Tuesday, so I must have had about, I don't know, say 10 different meetings with different people. Everybody had asked me how I was doing as they'd Seen on, of course, the security report that <laughs> the new girl, um, the new head of talent acquisition, was actually in the hotel for quite a few hours after uh, everybody had shut up shop. So, um, not only was I kind of new into the the hotel, trying to make a bit of a mark, but I made a bit of a mark because everybody knew how ill I'd been on that first day. So that will always stay with me. I never probably
0: stays there. with a few of them as well.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> but I'd never ever want to feel that ill again for as long as I live so yeah that will always stay with me that story
0: yeah I had a, a an event I'm gonna call it an event because it did feel like an event at the time um I was uh, the first part of my career uh, was spent on cruise ships mm-hmm. and occasionally we got allowed to go on the the, the passenger tours to wherever they were going sometimes to check it out to make sure that it was still a good tour but sometimes just to relax and and enjoy it and I was on one such tour in Barcelona and the bus was about 10 minutes away from getting back to the ship and I started to feel uh, poorly well as we'll use your word for that Uh, no toilet on the bus nothing like that and that genuinely was the longest 10 minutes of my life but not only that, then I had to kind of barge in front of people politely wow. to get to the front of the bus to to then get off and run to the toilet <laughs> and, um, and did that run that you only do when you need to get to the toilet quicker than you've got time for. So, yes, I, I 100% relate to um, <laughs> situations like that. It's not nice.
1: <laughs> We've gone down the gutter a little bit, Phil. <laughs>
0: We have, but that's fine. That's the, the, the gutter is as welcome a part of this show as highbrow. Although I don't think we've ever made highbrow, so so that's all fine. Uh, anyway, um, I suppose that that might also kind of um, cover off terrifying because um, that that could have been a terrifying experience. But have you have you had any terrifying experiences in your career where you just felt monumentally out of your depth?
1: Um, speaking quite frankly, um, and quite honestly, and I think it's, it is important for, for people to speak about mental health um, in the workplace, mental health will stop. But yeah. when I think about terrifying experiences, I suffer from imposter syndrome. So actually, a lot of my, um, my career, my professional experience has been slightly terrifying in different parts um interesting taking up a, a new role for me is always terrifying because you know I always want to take a, a step back and think "Well, am I actually qualified for this position do do they really know me did am I really capable of doing this so from that perspective I th- and I I think it's very normal to have I think a, a lot more people suffer from it than, than is spoken about but yeah um yeah for sure at many different scenarios I've I've felt terrified or something i felt out of my depth i think it's worth speaking about the current covid situation as well this mm. is something that you know we've never dealt with before and it's bloody scary to be honest with you so yeah not only have i dealt with it from a career perspective personally but come on we're in a situation now where no one's dealt with any of this nobody knows what's going to happen and especially our industry as a whole it's it's a really really scary time yeah really
0: scary yeah it's just because there's so many question marks Mm -hmm. i think um i think as a species we're we're naturally geared to fear the unknown and this is just accentuated because there there's unknowns around health there's unknowns around economy your your livelihood is under threat and really i mean we all deal with it in very very different ways i mean look at me i'm hiding behind the podcast (laughs) (laughs) Whereas you know, at the moment, I don't, I don't have what anybody would call as a, a, a meaningful income. Mm. But you, you're right. I mean, I think this is when we need collaboration more than ever, and that's collaboration internally within your own yeah. uh, organization, but also collectively as a as an industry, mm. and then beyond that, collectively as a as a species. Yeah. And I think we're we're seeing a, a lot of the good and bad of people. And I really, really, my biggest hope through the back of this mm-hmm. is that we remember what we've seen mm-hmm. and that we don't just revert back to uh, your ways of doing things mm-hmm. that haven't been working just because that's what habitually people got into and so on and so forth. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's very deep.
1: It is very deep. I like getting deep. I've, um, yeah. I've you know, I've, I have, it's, it's funny, isn't it, how you, you fill up your days and I've finding myself just sat there sometimes i've listened to music or listening to a podcast and just my mind goes off into the most crazy rabbit hole but you do start thinking about things like this and i've started walking quite a bit um during this this kind of quarantine lockdown period and yeah you you, you take you're taking in things that you won't you wouldn't have necessarily taken in before we've been quite lucky I think with the weather since all of this is is kind of absolutely I'm noticing things on walks that I would have just walked straight past before because you know you you all get in this situation especially in hospitality you know it's fast-paced it's it's long hours it's 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 tough to work in our industry but to I don't know to almost be blessed to be given a little bit of time out and to start noticing these things that I agree with you I hope that we almost take a step back and and figure out what is really important, you know, and what motivates us. And and, yeah.
0: Yeah. I I also think that it's a really, really humbling experience. Mm. And I think if you're naturally inquisitive, it probably makes you question everything about the direction that you've taken your life. And I am very conscious of the fact that I am keeping this deep uh, at the moment, but it, it is it's very relevant to to the moment. Um, And I I don't want to go into too much detail on that because it's supposed to be more about you and and your story. But I think coming back to your point about imposter syndrome in, in a situation like this, none of us are really geared up to know how to handle this in terms of, you know, it's just not never happened before. So we don't know whether we've made the right choices or we're, we're doing the right thing for our, our life at the moment because there, there's still too many question marks about the other side. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, but, but I think it really keeps you humble.
1: Yeah, of course. And, you know, a lot of people are in the same boat. I think it's it's 2.5 million hospitality workers are currently furloughed at the moment. You know, that's 2.5 million other people that are, are going through this and are feeling this and um, having the same yeah. thoughts as well. So, yeah, absolutely. It's humbling.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, let's go back light.
1: Can we go back to food point.
0: <laughs> Turn the light back on. Um, uh, this, is a, this is actually a question which in many ways is completely irrelevant to anything, but I, I find it quite fun. And actually, I do ask people this question sometimes in, in interviews if I'm feeling so inclined. But if, if you could go out for a drink with three people from any walk of life currently living, who would they be?
1: Oh, currently living oh that's a tough one i have to say malcolm gladwell who
0: choice is, yeah
1: oh my favorite author ever i just think he's fascinating he i could just i watch so many talks of his on so many interviews and i can never not look at him when he's talking i just find him he's just such a he's very verbose which i liked. Um, he's just such a character and he has such interesting insights. So he's definitely on my list.
0: By the same um, token, do you know uh, Simon Sinek? Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, he'd be up there for me.
1: It's an interesting one. I'm not sure everything he says on millennials, um, but, yeah, I, I totally get that, totally get that.
0: I just love the concept of start with why. Yeah. yeah I think it's just... It's right on point because what's the point if you don't know the reason you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, how many people did you say? Three?
0: Three, yeah, two to go. Okay,
1: two to go. Um, secondly, my nan. She's just the funniest person I think I've, I've ever met. Um, she's got some great stories as well. So I think you put my nan and Malcolm Gladwell in a room together. I think you would have a good old laugh. Um, I'm stuck on my third, to be honest with you. Oh, it's a bit cliche, but maybe David Attenborough. He's a worldly man. He knows his stuff. Okay, he'd educate me. I think it would be an yeah. interesting kind of, yeah, interesting drink for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it, three is quite a small number, right? There's a, a number of very, very inspirational people out there that if you spent fifteen minutes with them, you'd you know you'd probably change your your mindset or oh. your energy or or whatever. But yeah, I was that was just that was just bring it back in. Oh, bringing yeah. it back to life.
1: in in this current lockdown situation though, I will literally take any three people living. Yeah. living, <laughs> living
0: <in my> <laughs> and funnily enough, I did see a, a, a webinar yesterday about the fact that when we get through the other side of this, that the third most popular thing that people are can't wait to do is go back to pubs and restaurants. Yeah. So that's encouraging for the, the other side of this. But but mm. well, let's see. Do you have somebody in your life at the moment that you kind of look to for mentorship?
1: Um, yes, I do. I've got a, I suppose, a couple of different people for for different things, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, Robert Richardson, who I know has appeared on your your podcast as well, a good friend of mine. He's a great a great sounding board for me. You know, whether it's personal, whether it's um, career related, but the guy knows a lot. About a lot, yeah. Um, and he'd kill me if I didn't give him a shout out. So I find two <laughs> birds, <with him. laughs> one stone. There, I'm not sure uh, um,
0: killing you is part of mentorship. Yeah.
1: Um. Um, but he's great. He's 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 got some really good experience, and you know, he always takes a step back or encourages me to take a step back and look at different things or different scenarios, um, and that that certainly helps me. Outside of the industry, I speak to my mum quite a lot. She works in recruitment. Um, yep. She's got a fantastic job. She's a powerhouse of a woman, and I always ask her, you know, advice, and she coaches me quite a lot with what I do around recruitment or, or talent acquisition. Um, and then within my organisation, I work quite closely with our director of restaurants, lady called Anne Lomas, who from a relationship building and maintaining perspective she's coached and mentored me I think more than anybody throughout my career so as I said different people for for different things I feel lucky to have different contacts but I think this one thing that we do really well as an industry is is we offer that kind of even if it's not officially under the the kind of hat of mentorship but just being available to for people to ask questions and to offer advice to. I just think we do that so so well. So yeah. I don't you've got long enough for me to, to tell you who I go to for kind of everything. But you know, I've got those three main people. I suppose the past few months have, have been mentors for me. Yeah,
0: I think that's a key point. I've never known anybody turn down the opportunity in this industry to to offer advice, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in a uh, in a hear my voice kind of a way. Yeah. it's uh it's really meant it comes from the heart and you just need to ask that's that's the thing there's bound yeah. to be somebody who's come across any problems that you've faced mm. um it's just a question of keeping your networks wide and and being confident enough to ask
1: mm, absolutely
0: going back a little bit and sorry this is kind of the this is actually the, the podcasts are a real insight into my mind because i have a mind that kind of takes me all over the place, which is a real blessing in some circumstances, but a, an absolute curse in others. And it, on my toes. and my uh, well, my wife would tell you that um, we could be out walking somewhere and we'd be talking about one subject, and then something triggers something in my brain, and I've already then jumped forward six <laughs> conversation <laughs> points, and that's what comes out of my mouth, and she'll just go, "What the hell are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do one of them right now. We're going to go back to the sort of, I suppose, the beginning of your career. What was it about recruitment and talent acquisition that kind of brought you in?
1: Um, I think I have a natural propensity to be quite nosy and to want to know a, a lot about people and to understand people and Going back to college, I studied psychology. So I always had this kind of interest in people and why they make certain decisions and how what we do, kind of the environment we're in shapes our behaviours. I think for me, I was always going to end up in a, in a very people focused role, but specifically recruitment, as I said earlier, it, your role, your career, it shapes you so much as a person. I honestly think it's so important to get your job right. And for me to be a part of that journey for somebody, you know, that's that's absolutely golden. I'm still in contact yep. with, you know, people that I placed in roles back in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine that have done phenomenally in their career. And it just it just puts a smile on my face, you know, to to offer somebody a position and for them to be so excited and for, for you to know as a as a recruiter, as a recruitment manager that you've had an impact of that and you've helped them on that journey is It's what I absolutely love and and what I enjoy. And I think if you don't have that buzz as a recruiter when somebody accepts a position, then it's not the right role for you. So I think I experienced that very early on in my career back in 2008, once you have that kind of passion for it and you understand, okay, well, that's what makes me tick, but you're never really going to get out of it. So yeah, for me, it's uh, it's, uh, seeing people on their journey and helping them on their journey too.
0: Yeah. I could not agree more with you. It's, I mean, I've been doing this now for 15, 16 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of now I'm at the point where I've lost count, but it's still one of the greatest feelings to be able yeah. to affect somebody's life that positively mm-hmm. and really, well, hopefully send them on the right path for the next journey, the next chapter in their, yeah. their journey. That to me is, is worth its weight, <clears throat> weight in gold. And so I, I, I'm absolutely on the same page yeah. with you and that. Great. Okay. Uh, what would you say to somebody who was contemplating a career in hospitality?
1: Ugh, do it, do it, do it. Um, it's an interesting one because I think it's as an, as an industry. And I was listening to when you had Kate Nichols on the other week. And, she, you know, she's talking about actually is is a career choice hospitality is not at the forefront in schools and colleges and universities. Um, And I think it's a shame. I think it's a real, real shame for me. I loved it. I thought initially I was always going to be in in kind of corporate kind of organizations and, you know, that's where the money's at. That's how you make a success of your life. That's how you learn the most things or the most skills. Um, But it's not the case. I think Everybody needs to give hospitality a go at some point in their life. You know, of course, it's not for everybody. But if you're considering it, just do it. You know, there's there's a place for everybody in hospitality. There's so many different roles. You know, it's not just frontline staff. It's not just the, um, you know, waiters and waitresses. There's so much more behind it that you've got a really lovely career path ahead of you if you do, do decide to come across. Hospitality. Yeah, I don't know. I love it. (laughs) Just do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Again, couldn't agree more. It's um, it's it's so diverse Mm -hmm. in where you can go and what you can do. I mean, just look at the the guest list that we've had so far. Oh yeah. You know, I've I've interviewed Kate who works in in politics for want of a better Mm -hmm. phrase. Chris who works in operations in. Uh, I suppose casual dining yeah. space. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had Robin Shepherd from, who's a you're know, a legend in the hotel space. Yeah, there's so many different cat uh, who uh, released last night is a writer. Yeah, you know, you literally can do anything from any sector in this sector. Yeah, you know, it's it's all there: mm-hmm. law, finance, engineering, the whole shebang. But you've got to love people, I think, and that doesn't really matter what whether you're front of house or back of house, I think you've just got to have a deep respect for people mm-hmm. to be able to get, you know, to move forward um, in this. But if you've got that and a good attitude, then I think this, this industry
1: mm.
0: offers so much yeah, opportunity. And actually coming back to your point about the schools, this is something I'd, I've thought about for a, a long time. And I think it's maybe one of the reasons that underpins why I started the podcast in the first place is that, you're absolutely right at the the perhaps the caliber of information that gets out to schools is not where it should be but it's then also the information that's going to the parents who in the formative years of of the of the kids are kind of you know they're the mentors they're the 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 figures in their life that they look for guidance Mm -hmm. and I mean take somebody like Robin who's an inspirational speaker if you ever hear him speak Imagine he goes out to a school and delivers a talk on why going into you know, being a hotel manager would, would be a career of choice. Yeah. And of a classroom of 100 kids, maybe 20 of those kids go, wow, that's for me. I really want to do that. Um, and they'll go home to their mum and dad and say, I-, I really want to be a hotel manager. And the first thing that they'll say is, no, you don't. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's perception is long hours, low pay.
0: Yeah, that's the, the education that needs to happen. Yeah. Because... I think the the world's view of hospitality is exactly what you've just said but actually as a as an industry if you can get yourself on it's not low paid it's a well paid job mm-hmm. and also you know it's massively rewarding yeah. and all of the the negative stuff that gets out into the the stratosphere about long hours low pay shouty kitchens all of these sorts of things mm-hmm. is not the norm mm-hmm. It's um, it's the exception, and that's the message that that I'd like to get out to the wider world.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. That was a bit of a rant. I think I liked
1: it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is not. Yeah, we'll we'll rebrand the, the podcast in twenty episodes to Phil's rants. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, if uh, if people are interested in learning about you uh, or the Savoy, what's the best way for them to contact? you
1: sure um you probably best off catching me on linkedin um so louise phelps you'll see me come up on the search of the savoy yeah probably best way to get hold of me i am um an average user of twitter as well so feel free to to have a little look on there the hotel itself is www.thesavoylondon.com and all of the contact details for the hotel um and, and parts of our business are on there as well
0: Excellent. Well, Louise, thank you very much for agreeing to do this.
1: No worries. Thank you for having me.
0: I hope it wasn't too taxing.
1: Not at all. I loved it.
0: Brilliant. And uh, well, well, I'm sure when all this is said and done, that um, hopefully one day we might be able to meet. Absolutely. Remember when we did that.
1: <laughs> In a pub garden, hopefully.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nice one. Thank you. Thanks very it. much. Take care. And there we have it. Some cracking insight into what it takes to be the head of talent for one of the world's most famous hotels. A massive thank you to Louise for coming on the show. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week, so hit that subscribe button on any of the podcast apps and please do leave us a five-star rating. It makes a massive difference. See you next time.